Okay, so moving on to high schools. Well, the original, the original, um, con, the the original conversation we were having about it wasn't necessarily about high school. It was more about the fact that I wanted to help my um, cousin apply to colleges because he's a senior this year. But I got into the conversation of how he goes to a really, really nice city, a, a nice school. Like one of the best schools, I believe. One of the best public schools in the city. Um, and that completely inflated his ego to the point where like he only wants to apply to Ivy League schools. And he was going to, like last summer, he was going to do this job that was related at ITT. ITT? Is that right? IIT or is it ITT? I'm an idiot, girl. ITT what? ITT Tech. That's what it is. He was going to get a job at ITT Tech um, through like one summer Chicago or after school matters or something like that. Something like that. But he didn't get it. Um, And he just stayed home the entire summer because that was the only job he applied to. Like he put all of his eggs in one basket. So for the entire summer, he was just sitting up in the house doing nothing. And I like I kind of told him like you probably don't want to really apply for after school matters and one summer Chicago like that because they give you stipends. And as nice as it sounds, once you do the math and calculate like how many hours you're putting into these programs, you're supposed to be getting paid a lot more than what they're giving you based on the like um uh you know, the rate of pay per hour, you would be getting a lot more even if they only give you, like, minimum wage. You'd be getting a lot more because half the time these these jobs are seasonal. So they'll have you there for about, like, four or five months and then pay you all the way at the end. And I was like, that's not, honestly, especially since you're a senior, that's not worth it for you. For you, you you would be better off getting like a regular job where you have like a fixed amount of pay or finding like something that's like internship not worthy. Not to mention with the fixed amount of pay, you're guaranteed that job throughout like God know how long until like you want to leave or until you get fired. And I don't know for sure, but I really think his like parents were counting on him to get this job so they could use the money for something. And it and it was like it hit them hard when they found out that he didn't get that job. But at the same time, he like immediately gave up. And that's what I mean. Like he has this certain air of confidence where he feels like, oh, I'm smart enough to get this. When really he hasn't figured out like once you're in college, there are plenty of other kids that are smarter than you. Yeah, that, see, that's what kills some kids in college, too. There's, I, read, like, I heard someone talk about it, too. Like, there are some kids who go to, like, colleges and whatnot. And in high school, there was, like, this really big, I'm the smartest kid in the classroom, big ego, big everything. And, you know, they're, like, there's someone there who's usually inflating their ego, probably some kids or the teacher. And when they get to college, their ego literally deflates because they're not the smartest kid in the classroom. Yeah. Like, they could be in the classroom and be like, okay, I don't quite get this, but, you know, I'm going to get it. And then someone else is like, okay, I get this instantly. And when they see that, they're sitting here like, holy shit, I'm not good enough anymore. That's part of... that's why the constant thing of, like, kids being praised 
is kind of bad, but I also see why people will want to do it. Mm-hmm. That's part of the culture shock, though, when it comes to college. Because you have all these kids that are going off to college that are plenty smart. Of course you're smart. I feel like everyone is smart, whether you're in school or not, whether you're at community college or you're at a four-year university, wherever you are, you're smart. Um, not everybody has... My thing is that that people don't realize is that we don't have a set way of measuring someone's intelligence. Like, yeah, you could have, like, this IQ and that IQ, but at the end of the day, somebody always knows someone something you don't. And someone has certain skills that make them valuable in different ways from you. So I, I'm not really too much behind the whole I'm smart, I'm better than you type of deal, but I digress. Um, but I did notice that that's a big thing with high school students of all grades because when I was teaching, um, I used to teach, well, for those listening to the podcast, I used to teach, uh, I used to, I, I, I'm, I'm stuttering all over myself, I'm sorry. I teach kids, high school kids, how to code websites over the summer. Um, so I was a TA for two summers and then the summer coming up, I'm going to be an instructor and that gives me major anxiety, but that's a different, that's a completely different story. Anyway, um, and I noticed, which I told you this story before, we had a girl, uh, there was this girl, we'll call her Susan for now, but she was used to being the smart kid, right? She was very, very used to it. She went to a not so great school. I don't remember what school it was, but it, I remember it wasn't really all that great of a school. Now, um, we kept having problems with her in attendance. So she would just, she would, she really didn't want to be there. And I, I'm better at catching onto this than my bosses are because I would, I'm closer to their age range. So I can kind of get a feel for like, how much they really want to be in the program. Mind you, this program is free. They don't have to pay to learn how to code because that's a big thing. Um, if you're not in the world of tech, learning how to code a website is can be very, very expensive. So we're teaching them this skill for free. All they have to do is show up and uh, buy their own lunch, and that's it. <laughs> so... She didn't want to be there, and I think it was her and one other guy that he wanted to do, like, basketball instead of that program, so he left after, like, the first couple days or something. But I remember she really caught my eye because I was like, it doesn't seem like she wants to be here. And we've had issues with kids not wanting to be there before. Kids that don't want to be in the program, it never works out. That's why... Our program is a little bit different from most, like, team-based programs. And the fact that we're not going to force you to be there if you don't want to be there. Because that makes everything ten times harder on us. Especially with, with the fact that we're trying to do tech. And you have to care. If you don't care, it's all going to fall apart. It really is. Because it's fallen apart before where it's just like, this is not working out. And we had to deal with parents that... You know how you have parents that really, like, we had to deal with parents that really see the value of the program and stuff like that, but they just 
the kid doesn't want it. Like, the parent wants it for their kid, but the kid doesn't want it. That's like how with my mom. Like, remember I, t- I told you I took dance uh-huh. really young? But me being the sensitive child that I was, I was a little bitch. And if I could, like, tell my dance teacher how I really felt when he was, like, calling me out and yelling at me, I would probably would have been kicked out. But he was just really mean. And, like, I know in the world of dance, it's a very strict and it's very, like, focused. You can't dilly that way. You have to, like, constantly be, like, on all your games. And me being a sensitive child, I, I told my mom, I don't want to do this anymore. It's too hard. And my mom literally cried because she was like, I spent so much money on this school and you just don't want to quit. And I'm sitting here like, I'm sitting here like feeling guilt trip. I'm sitting here like, I'm sorry. It's just too much for me. Yeah. That and I- he literally called me out because I had a little kid fart. <laughs> he literally put me in time out and I'm sitting here like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's I'm not a little funny, kid. But- I, I have noticed that too back in high school with our dance program. I never took dance myself, girl. I have two left feet. I don't know what I'm doing. But um I remember talking to some of the girls. Um, talking to is a lenient word. It was more like they were talking and I was just listening. But <laughs> I was listening to these girls talk about dance. And um they were talking about the dance instructor. And there's only one dance instructor in the entire school. We had a small school. There was only about 200 of us in our class. So the school isn't that big. But still, the fact that, like, she was the only instructor for dance was kind of amazing to me. It was pretty impressive. Because they they usually have about, like, two or three teachers for each subject, at least. But it was just her. But they were talking about how she was so mean. And, like, she would say... The rudest things to people when they like um would mess up this, that, and the other. And they were talking about how one girl messed up too many times and she literally told her, like, you're not cut out for this. And uh, and they were like, but she's as uh, she's actually a really good dancer. She just messed up and she like went off on her. And I was like, wow. But like from that conversation, I told my my other friends about friends, quotation mark, about it. And they were like, oh, but that's just showbiz. And I'm like, no, showbiz is no excuse to act like a dick. Like, there's a difference for from, oh, you're not cut out for this field versus just being a complete and utter asshole. Uh, Susan was from a bad school, but she was smart. Well, well, we, well, we are talking about high school, so. That's true. It doesn't matter. But um, she was smart, and... I guess, like, she went to, uh, I hate to use that word, but I guess a more ghetto school. So it was a lot of kids that were screaming and shouting and a lot of chaos in the classroom. But she was kind of like us in the fact that you would sit and and be and kind of be good and quiet and just do your work. Um, and she was kind of used to being the good kid and she was used to being smart and being the one that, like, helped everybody else out. However... When she came to the, to my program, obviously we ha- we let ki- we let anyone in. So it's lots of kids from other different schools. Well, she moves from that type of chaotic setting to literally when it's time to work, everybody's sitting uh, and doing what they're supposed to, and it's quiet and peaceful. She's not used to that. Also, you go from being the know-it-all 
to not knowing anything that you're doing. Because she knew code, like she knew HTML, but she knew she will put her CSS in her HTML. And we're like, okay, we get that, but we're going to teach you an easier way to do it, which is to have your HTML and your CSS as two separate files. Um, and you just link them to each other. Right? Well, I guess that was too much for her to handle. So, uh, mind you, uh, I forgot to mention that at my program, we teach only front-end code. Well, we do get into JavaScript, but for the most but part, it's... It, don't you start with me, Susan. I'm, right now, I'm trying to learn Ruby, and I'm trying to learn... Um, I know a little bit of Python. Those are the two I'm working on. Ruby and Python. I know Python. I'm 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 getting to know Python. Ruby is still like moon runes to me. I have no idea what's going on in Ruby. I'm just like, listen. I tried. To show, I was listen. trying to show you like this website that teaches you Python. I tried. I'll probably send it to me again. I probably lost it. But for the most part, whenever I try to learn Ruby, they're like, "Yay, you completed it. You did a thing." And I'm like, "I'm glad I did a thing, but I feel like I haven't learned anything, fam. Like I'm not trying to." I'm not trying to be be a jerk, but I'm I'm being honest. Like I don't feel like I got anything out of this. I don't know what I'm doing. Like if you were to sit down and was like do this in Ruby, I'd be like, listen, listen. I don't know shit about Ruby. Ruby is a is a back end code that's really popular. Then I try I moved from Ruby and I was like Ruby is too much. So I tried to do Ruby on Rails, which is basically like I don't want to say baby Ruby. But it's kind of like if Ruby had a daughter. Like a younger daughter, that's what Ruby on Rails is. It's like Ruby Ruby on Rails is compressed. It's like a smaller version of Ruby. But just as powerful. Just just about, about just as powerful. But anyway, um, so we're teaching her. We're, try, we're trying to get her to understand the, the, the HTML and CSS thing being separate files. So I was like, okay, this might be kind of a hard hard concept for her to get to, so maybe she'll need help. Now, as a, as a TA, I'm supposed to circulate, and I, I, oh, I, I only half like circulating, because circulating just means like you walk around the room and make sure everybody's okay. But I feel weird because I feel like I'm hovering. Like, I don't like to be breathing over people's shoulder like, what you doing? Um... Because I like to give people their space to work. But, like, it's just to make sure that, like... Because uh, when you walk around, so it makes... it makes uh, I don't want to say kids, but students feel more comfortable... I guess a little bit more comfortable to, like, ask you a question or something. Like, if they see that you're closer, they're more likely to... Closer to them, they're more act likely to call you over. Versus if you're, like, halfway across the room... Um, and I'm like, okay, I get that concept. At the same time, I'm just sitting here like, oh. But I remember I was circulating, and there was some times where I was like, okay, I see she's struggling with this a little bit more than everybody else. So I would check in on her, and I would be like, oh, are you okay? Are you good? Is everything all right? And she was like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm okay. I'm just working on this. And I remember there was one time where I asked her if she was okay, and she was kind of like, annoyed at me so I was like alright girl I'll just leave you to work then um but then shortly after that I guess she decided that she started she started skipping 
And my boss was catching on to this. He caught he caught on to it sooner than I did, but that was mostly because I was not responsible for keeping up with attendance. Um, it was the other TA that did that. But for the most part, I would let him know if anybody was missing for that day. But I didn't catch if like people were gone uh, a lot more consistently than others. But um, he started noticing that she was skipping a little bit. So the problem enter arises here. I think the best way I can explain it is when the first time that I noticed that it was happening was we were supposed to go on we like I think every Friday. Yeah, every Friday we go on trips to different tech companies. So we visit like Microsoft, 1871, um, um oh my god, what is it called? Oh, it's on the tip of my tongue. Braintree, that's what I'm thinking of. Braintree. Um, I want uh, Google. We visited Google. Like a lot of cool places. But for the first one, we went to uh, the Museum of Science and Industry. I believe it was. That was our very first one. So we went to, this was our first field trip. And my boss was like, we were we were literally like a couple blocks away from it. Um, so he was like, okay, um, you guys... The TAs will, will take you guys and you'll all walk down to the museum and I'll meet you there. So mind you, I'm nervous because I'm sitting here like I'm only 19 and I'm being responsible for almost like 15, 16 kids. And I'm sitting here like, oh my God, trying not to panic because I'm like, if anything happens to one of these kids, I'm going to have a heart attack. So I'm trying to like, prepare myself, calm myself down. And we were waiting. I remember specifically, we were waiting an extra five minutes from the time we were supposed to leave to make sure to see if any other like kids were late kids were going to walk in. So we walk out, um, go to the museum. We walk to the museum. We spend the day there. And then my boss was like, okay, I'll walk them back. The TAs, you guys can leave from here. Um, so I'm like, cool. So they walk back to the building. Guess who he sees walking around across the street on their way back? Susan. I yes. forgot her name. He's, he saw Susan walking around in uh, Hyde Park. So I'm sitting here like, obviously that means, because I, I knew that her mom drops her off every day in front of the building that we're in. That means her mother dropped her off at the time that the, the program starts at 10 and doesn't until 4. That means that this girl stayed in that same area for like 6 hours. So I'm sitting here like, so she didn't think to hop on the bus or go some, go home, go somewhere else. Just She just wandered around for 6 hours outside. For 6 hours, Lyric. So I'm just kind of dangerous. And mind you, as as much as I like, as much as she seems she seems smart, she wasn't street smart. Like she wasn't there. She wasn't like aware of her surroundings. Like every time I went up to her and I was like, "Hey, are you okay?" She would jump because she didn't realize. I guess she didn't realize that I was next to her. So when I walked up to her and said something, she would she would like. Look at me like, huh? And I'm like, are you really that unaware of your surroundings? Girl, she don't pay attention to anything. 
but you're out in Hyde Park for like six hours. Thank God uh, Hyde Park is right next to the University of Chicago and you have like the the university police crawling all over the place because I was like, but at the same time, that makes her a liability for us because her mother doesn't know where she is. So if anything was to happen to her, that's on us. And this was not the first time this has happened either. I think this there was one time where my my boss finally talked to her and her mom um, because her mom dropped her off and she, I guess she waited for her mom to pull off and uh, she walked away. So he, mind you, he texts his parents when kids don't show up. So he texted her mom like, hey, is Susan supposed to be here? Because she's not here today. And she was like, yeah, I just dropped her off. And he was like, well, she's not in the building. So her mom came back found her and went upstairs inside the building with us and all three of them had a talk and I don't know what they said specifically but the plan was for her to stay there for the day and she she and her mom would talk about whether or not she wanted to stay in the program when she got home so my boss is like okay he turns after the mom leaves, he talks to her. He turns to go into the room where everybody else is in. And she's just standing in the doorway. And he's like, what's she doing? And he waves her over. She's just standing there staring at him. Standing, 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 staring at him. And she, he's, he keeps waving her over. She turns and walks away. And I'm like, what is wrong with her? So she just she left the building and he texted her mom like Susan just left. And that was it for the day. Whatever happened after that, I have no idea, but she just left. So when once I heard this story, I was like, okay, um it obviously sounds like something was wrong. And I remember talking to you and my mom about this. I was like, there's only two theories that I have that could be happening with this girl right now. Either, I think it was like three. My first response was that she, I already knew she didn't want to be here. Oh, my first response was that, okay, she doesn't want to be here. Most of the kids that don't want to be here are mad because they wanted to do something else for the summer. Like hang out with, they wanted to hang out with their friends or whatever. That's really common is that most teens don't want to be in the program. They just want to be with their friends. So I'm sitting here like, okay, maybe she's she's skipping and going somewhere else in the city with her friends. But I'm sitting here like, obviously not if she's if we're catching her wandering around Hyde Park. That tells me a lot. That tells me not only does is this girl not street smart, she also doesn't know her way around the city. She also doesn't have any form of uh, a bus card. To get on the bus or the train to travel somewhere else. Which also means she doesn't know her... Well, I think I said that already. I'm sorry. She doesn't know her way around the city. So she's just wandering around until she can stand in front of the building for Mama to pick her up again. Mama takes her everywhere, to and from. So that tells me she's very sheltered. So I'm sitting here like, okay, so... It's not that she wants to hang out with her friends. 
Because she's not that sociable either. Because I know in the program, she really didn't try to talk to anyone. I mean, most of the kids were rather uh, shy at first because nobody knew each other and they weren't that open to talking to each other. But they opened, at some point, they opened up and started talking to each other. But she wasn't opening up at all. So I'm sitting here like, okay, um, this is a problem. So I'm like, okay, it's not the friend thing. And I'm sitting here like, either it's a boy, like she's going to see some boy, but then I, but then that was before I realized like she's she's not on public transportation. Because another thought that popped into my head was like, okay, what if this is a boy? Because that type of strange behavior is usually when a girl is seeing a boy. But then I was like, you know what? It's probably just the fact that she's used to being the know-it-all. And really at the end of the day, that's that's what it was about was that she was used to being the know-it-all and she was set in her ways and used to what she was used to and she wasn't willing to adapt. Well, we had to remove her from the program because we're sitting here like we can't have her... Uh, constantly skipping like that in that way because it's one thing to not show up or to be dropped off and go back home but it's another thing to wander around the building that of the program that you're in and then still like pretend that you were there for that day for your mom to like pick you up on top of that she was lying so at some point, my boss and her mom were going back and forth trying to figure out if she really still wanted to be in the program. Well, she's going on about it like, oh, I'm, I, I talked about it with my mom already. And she'll turn back to the mom and be like, oh, yeah, I talked about it with uh, 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 my boss, which I don't know what to call him, but my boss already and da-da-da-da-da. And Hold she's... On, okay. She's basically giving my boss and her mom the runaround saying, oh, she's telling one that she's talking to the other. Meanwhile, she's not talking to anyone about the situation. So at the end of the day, both my boss and her mom came to the conclusion that she needs to be removed from the program. Because we can't have a liability like that. I was like, that's dangerous. And that put, gives me a heart attack. I'm sure it gave my boss a heart attack because it's like, I'm still rel relatively young. It's like, yeah, I'm considered an adult now. But still, I would have a heart attack if anything happened to those kids and I'm the one that's responsible for them. Now, I got to answer to a bunch of adults and parents about what happened to this child. Girl, I was scared out of my mind. I was like, let something happen to one of these kids. But at the same time, it's just like we can't have that. So we, she was removed from the program about... A quarter of the way through or something like that. So, yeah. But it's just with that know-it-all mentality that ruins you. And I was talking to my mom like, I don't know what she's going to do when she gets in college. But basically, I was sitting here like, I don't know what's going to happen to... A lot of times with those kids that are have the know-it-all mentality and go away to, to college... A lot of them struggle with asking for help, too, because they realize, oh, I'm not as smart as I think I am. Or the minute that they start to struggle in school, they don't want to get tutoring or they don't want to ask for, for, um... Can you stop pulling my edges? What do you mean? What do you mean? 
Because I know I'm not the know-it-all mentality, but that's the, the thing about that is it's also you're also like talking to people who don't feel comfortable asking for help either. Because well, the, that it's different. The know-it-all mentality is different from anxiety. Like it's one thing to not ask for help because you have anxiety, but the reason why know-it-alls don't really ask for help is because they have this sense of pride that they don't want to when they don't want to ask for help. No, this also I was trying to say this also classification of kids who who don't want to ask for help because they don't know how to. Well, yeah. Okay, for instance, me, like if I didn't have my anxiety, I've been like, I've been like learning on my own at home because my mom was never able to like help me with like math or anything because she sucked at it. Well, yeah, I know that because I'm in that classification. I didn't know how to ask for help either. But I'm just saying a lot of times they, when, when you have that type of child and they go off to college, these are some of the things that you can expect for them to struggle with. That's one thing I would kind of worry about with my with my cousin, because I kind of see some like some of the stuff that Susan did, not with the whole lying and, and skipping part, but how some of the way some of the things about the way Susan was in terms of her personality, he has in him with that whole know it all mentality. And I've met other students from his school, and they seem to to have the same kind of vibe about them. But, yeah. I think it's also, like, parents and parents or guardians or, like, people who, like, teach them fault, too. Because I'm not saying call the kids stupid or anything, but humble them. Like, yeah, you're smart, but remember, there's always someone better out there. Yeah. Another thing about know-it-all kids, well, I won't say know-it-all kids, but kids that are successful academically don't tend to, and I might have said this already, so if I did, I'll cut it out, but don't tend to um, have much else going for them. Like, those types of kids only seem to really... Earlier, by the way. You just said this earlier when we wasn't um, recording. Okay. I wasn't sure if I said it in recording or not, but I know that a lot of kids that are... Uh, successful in academics they tend to not really have much else going for them like they just go to school and come back and then that's it like they're not going to join any clubs they're not going to do any extracurricular activities they're not they're not going to do any of that they just go to school come home go to school come home and now that used to work but nowadays that's a really bad thing to do especially if you're thinking of going to uh, well, trying to apply to these colleges because now they're obsessed with this idea of a well-rounded student. A student that not only will be successful academically, but will also be able to like participate in the school. They want you to go to school games. They want you to join clubs. They want you to be active in that community. So if you're just a student that maybe you have straight A's, but you didn't join any clubs in high school... And that's not looking too good for you. Because like I said, when I was in high school, my grades were, were average. My class rank was average. But one thing I knew I was good at was that I joined a lot of clubs. And I joined a lot of extra, I did a lot of extracurricular activities. I, I, was, I did a lot of stuff in the community. I didn't necessarily do community service, but I did things that I considered fun. 
And I was also really uh, good at writing essays. Those were what my redeeming qualities and I tried my best to play play up those things because I knew that's what I was good at. But like I said, I know plenty of kids that were in high school and they like there's one girl <laughs> who I who I completely unfollowed on all her social media because I found her on Twitter and Facebook and I followed her and on both of her stuff all you all over her page all you see is that she was one of the Gates Millennium fi- finalists and a picture of that and all, all over the place and I'm like I'm glad you're proud of it but girl you need to talk about some other things about yourself like you need to promote your other hobbies and interests and all that not the fact that you're just smart like ju- just being smart isn't enough I'm not going to lie to you honey but yeah, but there was all she did have a a club that she was a part of, which was um, honor National Honor Society, which really isn't even a club. It's just hey, it's lit, National Honor Society is literally like the club for smart kids. Like it's just like smart kids club. And huh. What do the kids even do there? Nothing. Like, I, my one of my friends in high school was in that club, and she absolutely hated it. Because they have to have so many meetings per month, and then they do, like, a community service thing each month that you have to do. So each week, did I say each month? Yeah. Uh, each week they have a meeting that starts, at least for our school, they had to have these meetings early in the morning. So you had to get to school about an hour earlier than normal to attend this meeting. And if you didn't go to, to, if you missed too many meetings, they would kick you out. And I remember my sophomore year, everybody kept talking about it. And I didn't know what it was. So one girl finally asked, she was like, well, what's the club? And they were explaining it to her. And she was like, so basically it's just a, a smart kids club. And they were like pretty, and like another girl was like pretty much because nobody answered her. And she was like, no, I ain't got time for that. That's, that's like, because they don't do anything. It's literally like, um, you have, first of all, the requirements is that you have to have like a certain GPA. Okay. Then you have to like show them your report card to prove that. Then you have to like, um, write an essay and you have to get like a certain score on the essay and then they'll let you in. And like to stay in the club, you have to go to so many meetings, you have to do the community service thing, and then you have to like keep your grades up. But they don't do anything. So I was like, literally, it's just like, hey, we're smart and that's it. I'm like, if that's not the lamest crap I've ever heard in my life, I'm sorry. Like, the only reward is that you get to, like, wear a white robe when you graduate. And you get bragging rights. And maybe, hopefully, I hope that it's different for for other schools. But for my school, being in the National Honor Society was, like, not cool. It really wasn't. Like, we had some kids that were honestly smart. Smart as a whip. But they did not join National Honor Society. It was mo- most of the kids who joined in the first place only wanted to join it because they wanted to put it on their res on their uh resume. 
AKA because they didn't have anything else to put on their resume because they didn't join any other clubs or do any other extracurricular activities. So they wanted to put, hey, I'm a part of Smart Kids Club, which really isn't even a smart thing to do to put on your resume. But I digress. I'm just I'm just saying all of this because these are my experiences. If you're smart, great for you, but you really should be doing something else besides being in Smart Kids Club. But more power to you.